There is no doubt that our daily diet plays a major role in our environmental impact. Our choices of the food that we consume on a daily basis does make a difference. In fact, it makes such a big difference that private industry as well as some governments around the world are investigating alternative protein sources, especially from the perspective of sustainability. But the good news is that even small changes can add up to significant environmental benefits. One area in particular that is being looked at very closely is what is called blue foods. Large segments of private industry are actually racing to gain an edge in this market. If you want to learn more, then listen to this episode, which is called Blue Foods May Be the Green Future. Welcome to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. Your host has lived an off-grid, sustainable lifestyle for over 20 years. His homestead is run on solar energy. He has an earth shelter greenhouse and produces much of his own food. And all of this takes place in the middle of the forest in Colorado. Now, let's join Patrick, the man that not only teaches the skills of sustainable living, but lives that life every day. Welcome back, everyone, to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast. This is your host, Patrick, and this is episode number 65, which is called Blue Foods May Be the Green Future. Certainly, by this time, I've made it quite obvious in some of my previous episodes that our choices not only drive the marketplace, but those choices also have a significant impact on the environment. And this is especially true with our diet. We already know that our agricultural industry is one of the greatest drivers of global warming. With the population of the world predicted to be 9.3 billion by 2050, it is estimated that food production would have to increase by as much as 60% in order to feed the planet. But doing this with a farming-as-usual approach would take a heavy and irreversible impact on the environment. Consequently, we have no choice but to find a sustainable alternative. There is a lot of focus, of course, on the impact of meat-based protein versus plant-based protein sources. And we already know that plant-based proteins have significantly less ecological impact relative to something such as beef. That said, it's also obvious that not everyone in the world is willing or even able to become a vegetarian or a vegan. What we also know is that not all meats are created equal from the standpoint of sustainability. Some animals have a far greater impact than others. And that is why I believe if we simply pay closer attention to what we eat and reorganize our diet a bit, we can make a big difference in our individual impact. Our diet makes up about 18% of our total environmental footprint and we can all make a huge difference by making careful choices and not give up our favorite foods. 
While I will be the first to admit that I find nothing more tasty than a big juicy steak fresh off the grill, I know very well that is not a very sustainable choice. Consequently, over the last couple of years, I have reduced my beef consumption by about 75%. And not only that, since working so much on this podcast over the last year, I can never go into the supermarket and look at anything the same anymore. I look at my food choices with a very discerning eye and wonder what I can choose that has the least impact without a total dietary overhaul, especially when it comes to protein. Mostly, that is a matter of educating myself. While many of us may sit back in awe at what's happening in the world and simply feel as if what we do makes no difference whatsoever, most of us are overlooking a very powerful tool at our disposal. While perhaps none of us can go up against big government, big business, or big oil, there is one thing we have at our disposal that is very powerful. In many ways, we will all be waiting until the middle of the next century before we see meaningful changes if we wait on the government. But the good news is that we can all have an impact starting today by simply making better choices. But if you are like me at all, you go to the supermarket and stare at things sometimes and contemplate what your best choices are. But I would like to point out that there is a very good alternative source of protein that most of us overlook, yet it is one of the most sustainable. And yet this market is growing very rapidly and there is a tremendous interest in what is called blue foods. Now, this concept of blue foods versus green foods was something new to me, but you can sort of think of this as surf versus turf. While there are a number of reasons for such a great interest in blue foods, one of the biggest reasons is the rising concern over the future of food security for our growing population. There is absolutely no doubt that we are at a crossroads from the perspective of sustainability. Even now, one in 10 people in the world is undernourished, yet our population continues to grow and we have yet to pin down the type of diet that would be both healthy and sustainable. And so far, most of the discussion has been focused on terrestrial food supplies and soil-based agriculture and blue foods have been mostly overlooked. But that is starting to change because the oceans cover 71% of our planet, yet we only obtain 17% of our protein and 2% of our total caloric intake from the oceans. And furthermore, recent research, such as the blue food assessment, shows that the oceans can help us meet our challenges of climate change and food security. So what exactly is considered a blue food and why is that so important? You can think of blue foods as anything that is derived from aquatic plants, animals, and anything that's caught or cultivated in freshwater or marine water. 
This includes fish, shellfish, seaweed, and even algae. And presently, there are approximately 2,500 species of fish, invertebrates, aquatic plants, and algae that are caught and cultivated for food. And the majority of this is performed by small-scale fisheries and aquaculture. The huge benefit is that these types of foods provide many essential nutrients, such as omega-3s, iron, zinc, and various vitamins, and they also help to prevent heart disease and diabetes. And besides that, these types of foods can play an important role in supporting a resilient planet. Blue foods require less land, less fresh water, and are much more efficient in converting feed to usable protein relative to terrestrial animals. And consequently, blue foods have very little environmental impact and a very low carbon footprint. Now, all of that being said, blue foods may sound like the perfect solution for a sustainable food source, but with as with any source of food production, there are challenges that must be overcome. While there is considerable debate over the ecological efficiency of wild-caught versus farmed aquatic animals, what we do already know is that there is a stark difference in the diversity of aquatic farming compared to land-based agriculture. For example, only a handful of farmed animals such as chicken, pigs, sheep, and cattle provide the bulk of meat eaten by humans. However, there are more than 400 aquatic animal species that are now productively being farmed. This provides a much greater variety of food and it is this variety of food sources that improves our food security. While seafood has the potential to provide people with high-value nutrition while concurrently reducing our overall environmental impact, the challenge is that most seafood is lumped together. And this makes it really difficult to compare other food sources. On a global basis, the most commonly farmed species are trout, salmon, carp, tilapia, and catfish, all of which have an environmental impact similar to that of chicken. As far as farming fish is concerned, we also know that how fish are raised makes a big difference. For example, filter feeding carp raised in freshwater systems has a lot less impact. Oysters, clams, and mussels also filter feed and have very little environmental impact. And furthermore, there have been some recent studies that highlight the fact that many fish and other seafoods have an overabundance of important nutrients. Compared to chicken, trout actually have 19 times more omega-3 fatty acids. Oysters and mussels have 76 times more vitamin B12. And carp have 9 times more calcium. Now, I do realize that there is a lot of debate over the sustainability of farmed fish. And just like any other food production activity, 
it's going to have some ecological impact. The industry does in fact need to make numerous improvements and the choices of fish that are farmed, technology and practices, proper planning for space requirements, disease reduction, and the feed that is used all make significant impacts and these are some of the areas that the industry is looking at as far as making improvements. Additionally, other areas that are being researched include the viability and sustainability of raising fish in large tanks on land and there are also numerous studies that are comparing the ecological impact of various types of seafoods relative to standard livestock production. But despite much needed improvements in the industry, there is literally a tidal wave of interest in farming the seas. And this is simply part of a global rush to exploit the resources available from the ocean. And this is actually being dubbed blue acceleration. There are projections that shellfish production could increase as much as 75% in the next 30 years by simply farming the seas. Other estimates say that an ocean aquaculture area the size of Lake Michigan could produce the same amount of seafood as all the world's wild-caught fisheries combined. And because of the tremendous interest in farming the oceans, there is tremendous development in this industry despite the fact this is a very contentious and ethical issue. But if done properly, the oceans could be a huge part of our food security, even on a global level. But all this being said, at the end of the day, the question remains of what we should do as consumers in order to enjoy seafood and reduce our environmental impact. Just the other day, I was standing in the supermarket looking at all the different types of fish and other seafood, and I had no idea what to choose. And this was mainly because of my own lack of knowledge on what is sustainable and what isn't. But I was also standing there thinking about this Netflix documentary that was called Seaspiracy. And if you have ever seen that documentary, it will make you think you should never eat seafood again. But if you have an interest in watching this documentary, I strongly suggest that you follow that by reading an article called The Science of Seaspiracy. And I will have a link to that article in the transcript of this episode, but that article was written by a marine scientist who basically debunked a good portion of the information presented in the Netflix documentary. So all I'm really saying is that it's good to look at both sides of the issue. But if you're like me, when you go to purchase fish and you have no idea what to choose, then allow me to give you a few simple guidelines. So in a very broad sense, there are several issues to consider when purchasing fish from the perspective of sustainability. And those are carbon footprint, biodiversity, and catch method. So let's take a quick look at each one of these factors. Most seafood consumed in the United States is actually flown in from China or Southeast Asia, which requires huge amounts of energy and thus has a significant ecological footprint. 
In fact, it has been determined that eating frozen fish actually has much less of a carbon footprint. As Americans, we tend to stick to mainly four types of fish. Shrimp, salmon, tuna, and cod. This produces a disproportionate amount of pressure on these fisheries and the industry sectors will eventually resort to other damaging measures to catch enough of these species. So as consumers, it is therefore far better for the environment if we simply eat a huge variety of fish. And lastly, consider how the seafood was raised or caught. Seafood is either wild caught or farmed. Wild caught is often better, but not always. Fish caught with dredging methods causes huge environmental damage. But from the perspective of sustainability, some of the best choices in seafood is actually oysters, sardines, sablefish, Atlantic mackerel, and Alaskan salmon. But other examples are things such as anchovies. Now these little guys are kind of at the bottom of the food chain and they repopulate very, very quickly. Farmed Arctic char, which is a fish that's a good substitute for salmon or even trout, and it takes well to being farmed in recirculating aquaculture systems, which are some of the systems that have the least environmental impact. Farmed clams, mussels, oysters, and scallops are also an excellent choice, as these little critters get their nutrients from the water and thus they do not need to be fed. They also do not actually produce any waste and consequently they do not contaminate the environment compared to farmed fish. Hake, which is a fish species I'd never heard of, and this fish is actually a part of the cod family and is also a good sustainable choice. And then there is always Alaskan salmon because Alaskan salmon is a good sustainable choice because wild caught salmon are closely regulated and the stocks of this fish species remain to be healthy. Now I realize that this is really just a very quick rundown but if you want a lot more information then I found this wonderful website that's called it's the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch Database. This is really a very nice website and I spent about an hour the other day cruising around on their website looking at the, the different options and I will have a link to their website in the transcript of this episode so I highly suggest just going and checking it out. So in closing I just want to point out a few things and perhaps offer a few easy to remember guidelines just to get you thinking from the perspective of sustainability. First of all, think of what you had to eat for your last meal. Almost every single ingredient in your last meal was grown on a piece of land that used to be wildlife habitat. More than 50% of the arable land on this planet has been cleared for agricultural production. And land-based food production continues to be the largest driver for loss of biodiversity, species extinction, greenhouse gas production, and climate change. Now, the question is, 
Should you feel guilty about this? Absolutely not. Trading wilderness for farmland to feed people was a decision that was made by our ancestors centuries ago. This is not something we can change at this point in our history. However, there are numerous ways to significantly reduce your impact. If you truly want to make a difference, then start by reducing your consumption of animal products and shift away from eating so much red meat. Think of eating more foods that are lower on the food chain. Add more fruits and fresh vegetables and grains to your diet and reduce your red meat intake. And remember that blue foods are truly some of the most nutritious foods on the planet with the least ecological impact. Things such as clams, oysters, mussels, and squid are low on the food chain, packed with nutrients, and are actually quite sustainable. In fact, several studies have shown that a selective diet of aquaculture and wild-caught fisheries actually has a lower impact than even a vegetarian or vegan diet. Even things such as seaweed are highly nutritious. And another good choice or example is actually spirulina. And spirulina is a blue-green algae that grows in either fresh or salt waters all around the globe. And it is a plant-based protein that is one of the most nutrient-dense foods on Earth. It also happens to provide pain relief, is a potent antioxidant, and has anti-inflammatory and brain-protective properties. There are tremendous benefits and so much potential for blue foods to play a big part as a sustainable protein source for our growing world population. Some people even believe that farming the seas is the only way we are going to be able to feed the planet and significantly reduce our environmental impact. That said, we must also take into account that our agricultural systems are the main source of food and income for most of the world's poor and food insecure people, around 75% of whom live in rural areas. Consequently, it is our agricultural systems that are at the heart of the solution of this issue of sustainability, both economically and socially. So no matter what choice we make, our success in developing a sustainable future also has to take into account even the most marginalized people on the planet. After all, in many cases, these are the folks that are producing a significant portion of our food. The global seafood industry actually employs hundreds of millions of people, many of whom are in some of the poorest countries in the world. Yes, the industry needs improvement. Yes, there are a lot of people working on that very issue. And despite what you see in documentaries such as Seaspiracy, if you simply look at the hard science, the oceans are in far better shape than what we have been led to believe. Truly, our planet is at a crossroads. 
I am thoroughly convinced of that, especially after spending the last year or so working on this podcast and doing so much research and reading such a variety of articles. We have to make changes, maybe even sacrifices. But we are not yet past the point of no return. We have numerous alternatives and some fantastic technology that we can use to our advantage. But we must focus on the more sustainable options, and we must also not forget that we tend to use money and technology to solve our problems instead of addressing the underlying behavior that got us in this predicament in the first place. And that is where making better choices comes into play. There is no doubt that the oceans can be used as a means to provide us with a sustainable source of food security and also help us to address climate change. There is so much potential that has yet to be harnessed and many people are starting to realize that blue foods may just be the green future. Well, that's it for this week, folks. If you continue to enjoy the material I produce, can you please take the time to leave me with a review? I would truly appreciate that. And don't forget to subscribe to the Adventures in Sustainable Living podcast, as well as my companion blog, Off Grid Living News. And as always, don't forget to take advantage of all the resources in the transcript of this episode. But for now, this is your host, Patrick, signing off until next week. Always remember to live sustainably, because this is how we build a better future. <laughs>